welcome to this special ProPass webinar series. We have started a collaboration with ProPass Consortium and are publishing their webinars in podcast format so more people can benefit from their useful content. In short, ProPass is an international research collaboration platform of cohorts using Taiwan accelerometry to explore the effects of physical activity, posture, and sleep patterns on a wide range of health outcomes. Without further ado, let's jump to ProPass webinar. Fantastic. Thank you. Great question. Great responses. So we will need to move on now. So um, it just leaves me to thank once again two fantastic speakers and the fantastic audience for great questions. Um, I'm now going to pass over to Andreas Holtemann for the next session. Thank you, Lauren. Um, my name is Andreas Holtemann. I'm also part of the leadership group in Popas. And I'm really happy to introduce the next speaker, which is Professor Alan Donnelly. Uh, Alan is a professor in the Department of Physical Education and Sports Science and director of the Health Research Institute at the University of Limerick. Uh, Alan is currently the president of the International Society of the Measurement of Physical Behaviors, and he's doing a lot of interesting research with respect to physical behaviors as well as uh, And in his talk, he will be um, discussing updates from the uh, society and a strategic partnership with ProPass and provide a society perspective on important new research directions with respect to field activity and variables. Then I give the word to you, Anna. Hey, thank you, Andreas. That's great. Let me just uh, share my screen here. I can and go to presentation mode. Uh, can you let me know, Andreas? Can you see that? Yes, I can see it now. now. Okay, thank you. So. I'm going to kind of give you an overview of the ISMPB and maybe talk about uh, relationships with, with ProPass. I think I'd like to start by just saying what a great meeting this has been. You know, I think that there's so many really interesting points. You know, uh, Manasseh's point on wearables, you know, has, has great synergies with a lot of things that happen in ISMPB. I think there's some fantastic uh, kind of synergies there. So... Just a little bit about ISMPB. It is, you know, a society that's used on ambulatory measurements of physical behaviors. So that includes sleep, standing time, sitting time, etc., as well as the, the standard physical activity. And that we you know we've we've very carefully defined our focus that it's ambulatory measurement. You know, it isn't necessarily specific to accelerometry. But it really is something that is field-based rather than lab-based, et cetera. And, you know, the mission statement gels very well with, with OPAS in that we're multidisciplinary. We're not just interested, you know, in the, the, the engineering or signal analysis part where you have people who are in epidemiology, public health, psychology, ergonomics, or science, et cetera. And our key concept is to bring people together because often, you know, in individual academic institutions, it's hard to meet people in different fields. And, you know, that kind of uh, energy you get from putting all those different specialisms together to talk about ambulatory measurements is, is really kind of exciting. 
So where did it all begin? Well, some of you may have attended the uh, 2008 conference, first conference of ICAMPAM, set up by uh, Professor Hans Busman, uh, who's still involved in our society. And Hans kind of came up with the concept of ICAMPAM and, you know, the idea of ambulatory measurement being a specific thing, separate to areas of biomechanics, physiology, epidemiology, etc. And it did so well that it caught on. And you'll be aware that we've had a number of biannual ICAMPAM meetings, uh, you know, through the years. And you can see that the logo changed as we became a society. And the, we've had a lot of very successful meetings. We had an interesting thing in Glasgow with the, the volcanic eruption, which prevented a lot of people traveling, but it still went ahead and was still successful. And our, our next meeting, upcoming meeting, is in Rennes in Brittany, France, uh, next year. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that uh, later on. So having an independent meeting that meets every two years with that structure can be very difficult. And when we we're planning the ICAMPAM in Limerick, uh, I met with, you know, the team, the people who previously hosted and were interested. We met in the lock bar in Limerick and wrote on a, a napkin there, plans for the society. And 2015, at the actual ICAMPAM meeting in Limerick, we founded a society that has grown and grown since in strength and depth. And, you know, you can see there the different presidents starting with Hans and then uh, Malcolm Granite, Braun, who's I think on the call, myself, and Karen, who's the, the next incoming president after myself. And we do a lot of different things, activities. We have a journal and more about that in a second. We have, we provide host support, you know, and helps you if you're going to run the conference. You, well, we have event management. We run webinars, training schools. We have a website, Twitter, X feeds, newsletter. And we do a lot of work towards supporting ECR members. So our journal, and I know Charlotte is here on the call. Charlotte's taken over recently as editor of this journal. It's published by Human Ethics. It's the official journal of our society. Uh, it's again grown and grown over the years. I'm happy to let you know that it's, it's just gained Scopus accreditation. So it'll be Scopus listed. We're hopeful that Web of Science We'll list it uh, either this year or next, you know, which I know helps, you know, in your institutions in terms of publishing. And it's focused very much on measurement, measurement methods, measurement results, and, you know, very much evidence-based focus. And we run, uh, we have lots of different activities. We run various ECR events That's, uh, in Colorado. Uh, 15, I don't know why I've got that there, but I can ban uh, 22 in Colorado. That uh, was a very successful meeting and with lots of events for ECRs, things like how to publish, getting accepted by journals and, you know, lots of, kind of social events, like, as you can see there, we publish a newsletter and all our members kind of updating what's going on. So what kind of areas are, are constant or hot topics? And, you know, I can remember when I went to the first meeting, the hot topic then was uniaxial versus triaxial you know, which is, is not a very dated kind of concept, but you know, there's, there's various things that keep coming up or, or new ideas that how do you process data from your accelerometer points versus machine learning, which is, you know, linking in location, 
and we have a GPS special interest group. Big data, you know, is becoming really important. I suppose ProPass is moving toward it being a, a big data processor as you pool all these different longitudinal studies and access to methods, you know, sharing data. We heard a little bit yesterday about, you know, the quality of reporting around, you know, trials. And there's a, a similar issues around the quality of reporting of data, you know, collection in accelerometry. And, you know, the idea of longitudinal data collection, not just collecting a week, a year, or a week at the beginning and end of an intervention, but just continuously recording their, you know, long periods. So on, you know, the, the, the data thresholding versus machine learning approaches, it's a constant argument. There are benefits in both directions, which might sound a bit heretical because from the machine learning camp, you know, in my own group, we do both methods. Uh, the thresholding is simple to apply, but it's a one-size-fits-all approach that is prone to error. Machine learning can be better at identifying behaviors, specific behaviors like cycling, but uh, it also has its own difficulties. Sometimes it can be difficult to apply to people who weren't in the training set. And so, but it is growing. There's far more machine learning methods being developed and published. We might see a gradual transition to that type of approach. GPS, well, you know, knowing where people are when they do stuff is really important. We, last year, the GPS special interest group was formed. And, you know, they are people who are doing both are doing accelerometry and uh, taking GPS data and aligning them, which can be complex sometimes. And you can get very nice, you know, ideas of where people are undertaking their physical activity. And then linking accelerometry and, you know, current generation of wearables and some research grade accelerometers, not only do, you know, can you download at the end, they're in constant communication through Bluetooth, through, you know, wireless networks. And you can actually get them to trigger things. So in this example from projects I'm doing, you, you can get it to trigger questions about diet, you know, to see if in this example, there's a relationship between sedentary behavior and snacking, but you can use this type of reactive EMA, you know, to do lots of things and being, having that constant communication with the device can be very, very useful. And that's a very much a growing area. Then, you know, here you see from a scoping review of data reporting, you know, do people share their methods? And very often the code that's being used to process data isn't shared. And it leaves it very hard for other researchers to follow, you know, the, you know, in the footsteps of the, the publisher. It's very hard to interpret exactly what happens. The same is true, I'm not presenting it here, but the same is true of the actual methods that were used, you know, what filtering was used on the device, what was the sample frequency, et cetera, and all those can affect outcomes, but often are not reported by researchers. And there is a kind of variable standard in reporting of wearable data and accelerometer data. Then the big data thing, you know, everyone has a smartphone, there, there's various opportunities to, you know, we saw that during COVID where uh, Google and Apple were sharing data on where people were during the COVID period, you know, at, you know, at, at scale across the world, 
there are many publications now using phone data on activity. You know, there's problems with it as well. People don't always have their phone on their person, et cetera. The number of wearables now that are worn and the data that the wearables companies have is very interesting in terms of big data analysis. So there's lots of work on that reported at ISMPB. You know, the idea of multiple devices, a little bit about, you know, linking to EMA self-reports, such a but you can link the cameras, GPS, smartphone, you know, and you can even do local, you know, measurement, to, you know, a location within a building, see where someone is within a room in an office environment. So there's a lot can be done in terms of communication, not just using the single accelerometer device, but linking it to other devices and taking, you know, gathering other information. So ISMPB and OPAS, you know, there's been a number of successful uh, interactions in the past. As you're aware, there's been, you know, client meetings, et cetera. And I think they overlap and, you know, listening to the presentations in the last two days, there, you know, there's a great deal of overlap and a great deal of kind of potential for data sharing, especially as you're moving to wristwarns. I think there, you know, there's a fantastic synergy there between our society and ProPass. I think the, there's fantastic alignment there. You know, and we'd very much, you know, like to extend that, continue that, you know, Manos, you know, and others, you know, worked with together on a, a paper in the area recently. And I think, you know, there's other, you know, potential collaboration. And I think one thing that we do offer is that platform for networking and collaboration. You know, we have for an upcoming REN conference, we have a, a DEI mentoring scheme that we're going to operate where we, we will subsidize people's travel to the meeting and we'll provide mentoring for people, you know, who are kind of a recognized DEI group. And I think those types of things we can do at scale as a society can be very beneficial for ProPass members. So just a, a little bit about upcoming events. So we have our own symposium coming up Tuesday, 24th of October. And it is going to be very interesting to ProPass members because it's about longitudinal measurement. And we have some great speakers through the slides here in the symposium. It's an online symposium. And, you know, we have some great keynotes looking at longitudinal measurements in interventions, in uh, epidemiology, et cetera, and look, looking at and processing longitudinal data. I think there'll be a lot of crossover there. One of the people here might have an interest in that. Uh, our conference next year, June 18th to 21st in Rennes, uh, Brittany, I have the opportunity with the visiting professor in Rennes. It's a beautiful city. Uh, it's a nice part of France. You know, it's a, a great uh, location with the hosts are, you know, excellent researchers. There's going to be some fantastic networking opportunities there. What's displayed here is the submission dates, always very important. So a note that the workshop and symposia uh, submission date is before Christmas. The submission for orals and poster abstracts is uh, mid-January uh, next year and acceptance will be by mid-February and registration dates there as well. And, you know, again, if you're able to travel to Ren, I think it's going to be a fantastic conference. You know, I think it will be one of the first 
larger post-COVID parties uh, where we get the big attendance again. And I think there's lots of uh, exciting uh, ideas now. I can't share them as yet because we're still in the planning phase, but I think we're going to have some great keynotes and some some great kind of sessions there. I very much encourage you uh, if you're able to apply. Uh, you know, there's some links there to the Fox Symposium and the ICAM PAM. If you have your phone handy, you, you can uh, link through those. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd very much encourage you to go and you know just to, to finish off. I think you know I'd very much you know, encourage further links between the society and ProPress. I think there's fantastic synergy and very like very much like to see you know further work going on and further interaction. So that's it, me, and I'll stop sharing. There. Thank you, Alan, for a wonderful presentation. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.